Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step -step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You'll hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogyourself.com and complete the contact form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. We get asked all the time what the most important thing to consider is when training and living with a hunting dog, and they're often surprised when they hear us answer with proper nutrition. It's pretty obvious when you think about it, though. It doesn't matter how well the dog is trained if it doesn't have the right fuel. The saying garbage in, garbage out rings true in dog nutrition. Yukonuba's premium performance lineup goes beyond just protein and fat with a number of different formulas designed to fuel your dog's specific activity level while supporting their recovery and optimizing their nutrient delivery. The proof is in the pudding, or lack thereof, when you make the switch to Yukonuba. You'll see immediate results in your dog's energy level and drive. They have a formula for every type of dog from your hardest working dog in the field to your laziest retired dog on the couch. Head on over to yukanubasportingdog.com to find the right formula for your hunting partner. Make the switch today and let Yukonuba fuel your dog so you can focus on what you and your dog actually love to do, work. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the GDIY Profile. This week, we have Cody Mosley on the line. Cody, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, living the dream as always. Uh, go ahead and start with what we always start with. Tell everybody where you're calling from and what kind of dog you run. Well, I'm coming from Western Kentucky. 
Um, not too far from where you are, Nick. Uh, you know, we discussed this. You're down around Nashville, so it's about hour and a half, two hours, depending on who's driving to yep. you. Yep. Um, small world. We uh, <laughs> you're telling me a story about somebody you linked up with in a in the field not too long ago. Not to jump out too far ahead, and and it's one of my good buddies that was on this podcast not too long ago, Jacob Little. So it's a dog world's a small world. You know, you don't ever know who you're going to run into, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it shows you too, like, you know, just to kind of get out there and see as, as far as Kentucky uh, Upland goes, I didn't think there was any hunting worth being out there for. And that day I ran into him, he was from Clarksville, Tennessee, and I ran into a guy from Louisville. So that right there is over an hour drive um, both ways for those guys to get there. But yep. anyway, uh, I hunt with a uh, an English Cocker Spaniel. I've got a year and a half old He's a, a red English Cocker Spaniel. His name is Willie, and he was uh, intentionally going to be a duck dog. Okay. So I'm assuming by, the, by that last statement, you went with Willie. You, you're picturing a duck dog, and then you just told a story of quail hunting with him. So tell me what, what you were envisioning when you decided to go with the English Cocker route, and then what you ended up with. Okay. So he was a... Uh, he was a compromise. Um, I've had had labs, and you know, been a been a big lab guy. Uh, being being primarily into waterfowl hunting, that's kind of what you know where I was at. And mm-hmm. my wife, you know, like I tell everybody, if my dog's going to bust through water and run through a thicket for a bird, then the least I can do is let him stay in the house. So <laughs> that was our compromise. Was he was I had to have a smaller breed that was going to fit the profile. So they could be at home, you know, that was going to make my wife happy because, yep. you know, happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, it, and I heard, you know, they were, they were excellent with kids. So I just kind of, you know, did some research and, and sought out some breeders and had a pretty funny story with that. Kept running into American Cocker breeders <laughs> that do not like to hear about you hunting at all with their dogs. Uh, <laughs> so hold on, hold on. so you would call these breeders and you're vetting them like you're doing your typical question and answer you know you came from the lab world so you you, you know exactly what you're you're after and what you would just say well is it good hunting stock and they would just be like yeah you're you're not the right buyer for me what, what, what yeah, was that well, like kind of it kind of went like i'm pretty straightforward so like my first question was um of course you know at the time you know i, I wasn't Everything is, you know, is it AKC registered? You know, everybody puts so much weight on on an AKC yeah. registry. But, you know, that's what I was. I was like, is it, are they registered? If they gave me the, yeah, they're registered. A lot of times they would just jump into the the big show dog lineage. And yeah. then I was kind of like vetting myself. But my <laughs> favorite one was always like, do you have any photos or videos of the, or the dame or the sire hunting? And the breeder would just be like, Oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, and uh, didn't take long to realize I was I was barking up the wrong cocker spaniel tree. Yeah, and then uh, did a little bit more research and found out that I was looking for an English cocker. Okay, and, uh, so I found a found one. I found a guy that that you know doesn't do a lot of breeding. He had a dog that you know, well, it was registered healthy dog. You know, it, it papers were good on it and the sire and dame both and you know i just i was i was pleased with what i saw and it, it kind of fit what i needed and 
we drove six and a half hours to North Carolina and picked him up. But, you know, like I said, the, the, my main, my main goal was to take this dog and, and take him to the duck woods and, yeah. and, and, uh, so where, where, where did that kind of swerve you? Like, I'm assuming that you still do some duck hunting with it. You know, it sounds like that was kind of your passion, but it, somewhere along the lines, Upland got added to the mix. You know, did you get the dog and just realize that the dog can do more than just duck hunting? Or you talk to us about that. What was the influence on you being like, all right, this dog can do more than just sit in a duck blind and, yeah. and retrieve some ducks for me? Yeah, so uh, a friend of mine... Uh, I, he had a boat, so I was naturally drawn to him. And uh, <laughs> the boat. I was, I was a car. Yeah, so I was a car salesman, and we got linked up because he was looking for a truck, and was it was getting ready to get like just absolutely taken to the bank by this dealer, and he asked me for advice. And you know, we had talked in high school, and it's been five years since then. So I, I told him my advice. And I wasn't trying to persuade him to come by for me. I was just being an honest guy, like, hey, here's what's going on. Well, then a couple of weeks later, he came up to my dealership and actually was, you know, looking at a truck I had. And we just got to talking about hunting. And, uh, here, you know, in Kentucky, as, as I'm sure it's the same in Tennessee, like duck hunting really don't pick up till the late season when the cold weather hits. Yeah. And I remember it was like mid-December and it was probably 60 degrees. And he was telling me he had a boat. And I was like, well, I'll come help you work on that boat. And he had a lot of connections for like duck hunting property. So we were just duck hunting together. And <clears throat> I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, here's this pup I got. And I was training Willie at the time, you know, doing pretty much a very strenuous duck hunting. I mean, I got a wild rose kennels book. That's what there I was pretty go. much going off yeah. of. And, and uh, you know, he kind of pitched the idea out there. He's like, why don't you take that dog quail hunting? And I was like, well, I'll, I'll take him quail hunting. I mean, I want him to do it all. But I was like, there's, you know, the, the infamous, there's no quail around here kind of <laughs> statement. And yeah. uh, his, his, he grew up, his dad bred uh, English cockers and, and worked English cockers in UFTA. And he had some background, you know, running them in UFTA when he was younger. Or not English cockers, English setters. And uh so he, but he was telling me, you know, he's like, English cockers are primarily like an upland dog. Mm -hmm. So we had a, we had a mutual friend that gave us permission to go quail hunt and told us that he had saw a couple, couple coveys of quail. And so that was kind of my first introduction to the upland field. Uh, I remember wearing like really, really thin pants and <laughs> short sleeve shirt. So you, go, you went like, home Dude. cut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went home like. Like, you know, most dogs end up cut up and bleeding, but I went home, I think, looking rougher than the dog. And, but, but it was exciting. I was like, dude, this is, you know, it was, it was crazy that I was investing so much time and energy into, you know, place training, um, you know, trying to, trying to work like really strict waterfowl training. And naturally, you know, all my dog wanted to do was, was be out using his nose trying to flush up game beat the brush and yeah when we got out and when we got out there um you know i had no upland hunting experience mm -hmm. and you know my buddy john he did and he was like hey we need to look here or we need to look here um but with willie you know he he just kind of naturally worked like a 20 to 30 yard you know, circle in front of me essentially. And he would come back and check with me and, you know, he'd, he'd do his thing. And 
it was just cool for me to see that, you know, hey, this dog knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I don't have to show him what to do. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of a, it was kind of laziness too. You know, I was like, I can get by with hunting this dog and not having to train nearly as much and nearly as hard. Um, that's kind of backfired a little bit, but, <laughs> but for, for the caliber of hunting that I do, you know, he does, he does great. I mean, we've been out several times this year and, and just this past weekend, you know, we were, we were hoping a cold front would, would have, would help a little bit yeah. with, with some bird movement. And uh, I took my brother for his first upland hunt and, you know, we just, we slapped, wore Willie out. I mean, it was to the point where he was just, we would, we would walk the, like the, the mode paths and we'd get to the edge of some brush and I'd get ready to go into it. And he would just kind of sit there and look at me and his nose was bloody. And he was, he was, I could tell he was cold and his, his battery was just drained. Yeah. So we, but, uh, we I put mean, him in the truck. All that, all that's kind of a testament to the, the old adamant to where people say like bird dog, upland bird dog, a pointer, like you don't, you have to train a bird dog. Like, no, you just go put them on birds. Right. But that's back in the day when there were quail everywhere. There's grouse yeah. everywhere. Uh, now, you know, to your point, it's like, yeah, you can get the dog to do the, the waterfowl, you know, clearly if you, if you go train it, if, if that's what you want to do, but just putting that dog down and his genetics lined up with the upland hunting, you saw the dog just naturally fit in to that game. Right. And so it mm, goes back yeah. to the old saying, like a bird dog, if his genetics is, is a bird hunter, you just need bird contacts. Then you just keep going. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to go past uh, a hunt test. You're not going to go past like a NAVD or AKC hunt test, or, you know, maybe a trial or something, but you know, it, it's one of those things. Just go get them on birds. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, we, we got him on some, we went and bought a couple pin raised birds, which is a completely different world. <laughs> yep. But my, my uncle, you know, he's a, I got an uncle that I found out after I got into upland hunting that is, is really heavily into it. And he's a great uncle. So, I mean, that's, you know, I don't see him often, but he, uh, we unfortunately had the tornado come through our area and I was at my grandparents who had been hit and he was down there talking to me and it said, you know, he seen me on Facebook upland hunting and was just telling me all his stories and, you know, about the, all the good old days. But, you know, he, 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 that's what he kept saying. He goes, just, you know, the best way to train them is just get them on birds, get them on birds. And, you know, he's telling me stories of going out hunting a farmer's field and hunting up four or flushing up four or five covey of quail. And, uh, you know, those days are, those days are gone, yep. <laughs> but, uh, but we, we did, we got into some, uh, you know, we went and we bought some birds just to see, um, you know, I wanted Willie to kind of see, you know, number one, what a quail looks like. And, <laughs> and number two, just to kind of see how he would handle because connect the you know, dots. Yeah. Essentially, you know, we're both going into the field blind every time, um, you know, this being my first year upland hunting and, and having a, you know, I've got a pretty decent mentor that, that helps me out a lot. Um, we've never hunted together, but I wear him out on Facebook all the time. <laughs> and, and, he, and and we we plan on hunting together because mm -hmm. I've used him so much. And, you know, he can see my desire to actually not try to hot spot him, but, you know, get out there. And I'll send him pictures of, like, you know, clusters of cover. And I'm like, is this a good spot for me to, to look at look for quail? And, you know, he'll tell me yes or or, you know, hey, hit the road. <laughs> that's that's a bad spot. But, um, 
so like I said, we're just kind of blind. So I wanted to see how he would do with, you know, a bird actually being there and, and flushing and, um, for what it's worth, you know, he, <laughs> he did his job, I guess he, he would, he would work his, work his little, his little path he does and he kept, he'd catch wind of it and, you know, he'd, he'd get right in on it. The, the unfortunate part about the pin raised birds is you've got to either, either he almost catches them before they flush or you've got to walk up and kick them up. And, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm excited for, I'm excited for the day that we're both out there together and, you know, he busts up a covey or something in his face and it, it scares him <laughs> and me both. <laughs> that, that big 40 bird covey. I was just talking yeah. to that with uh, a couple other buddies. It's like, man, it's been too long since I've come across a good covey of Bob White yeah. quail down here uh, in, in Tennessee. It's like, it's just, you know, I'm a grouse hunter first and foremost, but every now and then you, you just, you got to get that covey rise out of your system, right? It's, yeah. it's just something different for sure. Um, so what what's the plan with Willie moving forward? Like, are you only focused on upland, or are you still kind of fooling around with the waterfowl training? Well, I mean, we'll find out <laughs> because uh, you know we just kind of we just got our first really you know actual cold snap, and that's kind of where you know I'm just to the point where I'm done getting up at two three o'clock in the morning and. Yep. and fighting people on on public land and i've I've got a couple good private spots that i duck hunt but the birds got to be here for that and um you know we just got a good good bunch of rain um the downside to that is birds are going to be everywhere so one of my good spots is a big field that gets full of of flood water so i'll let that recede a little bit you know hopefully this snow that we've got coming will will turn out and and we're going to take him on his first duck hunt and we'll see you know, I want to see first how he, how he's going to handle the weather. Um, I'll, I'll probably drive separately just because it's going to be so cold that I don't want. You know, he's not a lab, so he's not built for the for the frigid temperatures and the and being wet for you know four or five hours sitting there freezing. So I'll probably you know hopefully get him on a duck or two and and put him in the kennel and take him home and we'll see. But no, I plan on I plan on definitely getting him out there with me especially early season ducks yeah. just to just to get his you know his retrieve numbers up his, his you know his bird count up and um you know but as far as upland man i've i connected with um one of his litter mates so uh he, when he when he was in a litter uh we were getting pictures from the from the guy the breeder and there was a a, a liver english cocker in this litter that was like twice the size of every other pup yeah and initially that's the one i wanted but i didn't want everyone thinking i had a boykin uh, no 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 offense to the boykin guys but you know if i was going to get an english cocker i wanted people to know that what it was and uh so i, I somehow connected with his, the owner of his litter mate and the guy owns a game preserve in upstate new york like 10 minutes from the canadian border all right and uh yeah and so i don't know too much about grouse hunting but i hear like New York and Maine talked about for grouse. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if a potential to go up there and this guy be able to get me on some grouse, but now Upland's definitely starting to take precedent just because um you just got you know, that I'm, little bit of a taste, man, and and it's yeah, like, yeah, well, and what, it, once uh, you realize, like you said, you don't have to wake up at two or three. You know, you're not yeah. carrying decoys, you're not wet, you're not freezing, you're moving around. You're, you know, I, I've I've talked to quite a few people that kind of like, you know what? 
I, I, I can leave this duck blind for a little while and go take a walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, no, and I want to get him into, uh, I want to do some trials with him. Um, I know a lot of guys, like there's a couple guys I talked to that are, that are 110% wild bird hunters. And they're like, Oh, you know, you know, wild bird, wild bird exposure is the best, but I just kind of want to, that's something for me to kind of do in the off season. Yeah. And, you know, kind of keep him, get him some more exposure to not only just being with birds, but being around other dogs too. Because, you know. Socialization, yeah. Yeah, other than like my buddy John, the guy that got me into upland hunting, he just got two English setter puppies. You know, other than those two dogs, you know, we really, we don't hunt with people that have dogs and we don't, we're not around a lot of people because, you know, uh, here, up upland hunting, you know, woodcock, uh, quail, it's, it's like non-existent. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely planning some trips. <laughs> we're, we're talking about, you know, trying to get to Iowa or Kansas or, or somewhere with some, some wild birds, whether it be quail or pheasant, you know, we want to. We want to definitely get on some wild ones. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Well, it's one of those things, you know, flushing dogs, it, it's hard enough for people with pointing dogs to kind of figure out a, a path forward or figure out what to do or figure out a, a, a good mentor. Flushing dogs, it seems like there's even fewer and further, you know, between people, right? You know, it's like there's mm-hmm. definitely some people that do it, Uh but it's like you just don't come across them as much, you know. You don't have, you don't have your NAVDA chapter of flushing dog people, right? And yeah. you know, to your point, you can go do UFTA trials or some other form of trial, and you can kind of network through that. But what was it like when you decided, like, let's figure out the the upland path? What was some of the resources and 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 contacts that you used? to figure out what the heck it was because you, you know, you were a duck hunter. Now you're trying to figure out yeah. a completely different game. Where, where do you go to download that information? Um, a little bit of everywhere. I, I started out on Facebook, really. I think there was a, uh, there's a Kentucky group called uh, Kentucky bird hunters Alliance. And it's, it's got a lot of upland, resources in it mm-hmm. uh you get a lot of trash in it too so if anybody if anybody's listening to this podcast that's in it they probably understand i mean you'll get people trying to hot spot and that's but that's just that's life i mean everybody there's always going to be that one lazy guy that doesn't want to you know put the boots on the ground and find the birds he wants to he wants somebody to point them out and and you know do it for him but other than that uh you know i'll, I'll kind of throw jacob Little's story out there because <laughs> uh podcast so like my job now i'm like a i'm an i'm an outside sales guy for a for a john deere dealership and you know i'm always on the road so i listen to a lot of podcasts and uh so this podcast number one i mean you know the resources are you know it's a it's a wide variety you got pointers you know pointer episodes flushing episodes i mean i listened the other day to an episode about you and a biologist talking about land management <laughs> on your property yeah we kind of cover and, and, all all areas that we're trying to and that, at least and that was and that was really helpful too because you know it's uh i'll get into that in a second i want to tell jacob's story because it, it's funny <laughs> go but, for uh, it yeah the podcast deal so uh i was hunting public land you know in in kentucky and i i'll come up on this guy and i i'm like you know i don't know what what 
bird hunter etiquette is like do i do i stop so i'm like i just stand there i'm like standing there and i'm like if this guy wants to go a different direction i'll let him go if you know if he moves then i'll go the opposite way you know and and uh he, he was walking towards me and he had this ginormous dog. I'm like, what on earth is this guy hunting with a great Dane for? And, uh, he got up and it was a draught. And that's the first time I ever seen a draught. And I think it was his first time ever seeing an English cocker. So we were just kind of like, well, this is cool. But, uh, we just talked and, you know, I, I, I wasn't like itching at him to get, Hey man, where's the birds at? But we just kind of talked and, and, you know, I just kind of shared the, my lack of knowledge, you know, Hey, um, you know, I'm new to this my first year upland hunting all together. And mm-hmm. he recommended listening to your podcast. He didn't throw it out there that he had been on it and that he was friends with you. <laughs> he just, he just kind of plugged it. Hey man, uh, GDIY. Yep. But he recommended, he recommend, cause I was telling him, you know, I didn't really know too much about a, um, a flushers hunting style. Yep. And, you know, he was telling me there was a, there was a good flushing episode. So, um, I think you and I found it. It's like episode 19. So that tells you how far I went back. <laughs> and, and so I, I do a lot of that. I mean, I listen to this a lot. It's probably podcast number one. Um, if I'm not listening to music. And <laughs> well, then, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's uh, what we looked at it as episode 19, uh, English Cockers with Derry Cannon. And then the other one you're talking about, uh, <clears throat> I just looked real quick, episode 92, hunting cover versus training cover with uh, Michael McCord, a TWRA yeah. biologist. No, that was that was extremely useful. It really was. And, and you know, you and I talked about that before, before we kind of got started, like something that there's been so many things, you know, through the GDIY podcast, it's been useful. Um, but it's, it's not like, you know, when I tell somebody about the podcast, you know, I tell them, Hey, uh, like my buddy, John, he has two English setters. I have no idea how to train a pointing dog. And I told him, I said, listen to that podcast, scroll through there and see what you can find. Because, you know, it's not just dog stuff. Like I said, there's, you know, there's the, their land management and then i think there was an episode you guys had on like nutrition so i mean yep. you're going to get a little bit of everything um but no the, the land management was a big one and i think that kind of sparked a little bit of a of a conserva- conservation fire in me too honestly because well, good to listening, hear yeah listening to his his insights on that and and you know it's 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 not hard to see if you if you hunt these birds and and you just do a little bit of research. You'll see, you'll see why people out there say, "Oh, there's no birds here." Um, number one, it's hard as heck to find them, and then number two, it's just kind of poor, poor land management. It's kind of, kind of done, done some damage to them with a, you know, a, a million other things. I'm sure. Yep. I listen to uh, your podcast with old timer Bill, and uh, <laughs> you know. That was that was awesome. That guy that guy seems like a treat. But uh, yep. he mentioned he mentioned the pine bill. That's something yep. like I'm from Kentucky, so I, I I don't I don't know how that affects you guys. And it's you know you don't know what you don't know what each state has that affects their their upland or or you know any wildlife yep. at all really. Yep. So no, there's a lot. Well, dude, I, I, I definitely appreciate you making the time and coming on. Before we let you go, you know, is there one piece of information that stands out to you uh, that you would advise somebody else getting started uh, that was maybe your shoes just a few months back when you're kind of looking at changing from waterfowl to upland, a completely different ball game for you? 
Um, I mean, really, just <laughs> there's there is, but there isn't. You know, you just kind of. I I was telling a guy the other day, um, just get out there and do it. <laughs> yep. I mean, it. That's it. it. There's really no you need. It, it, there's guys I've seen that don't have dogs that do it, but you know, having a dog is. It's, I wouldn't hunt if I didn't have a dog. That's just, that's really all there is to it. Yep. I don't even, I, I think I use my dog as an excuse to deer hunt sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my wife, like, well, if I shoot a deer and it goes, you know, it runs, I'll just use my dog to blood track it. And my dog's <laughs> never been trained to blood track one time, so I don't know if he would do it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just if, if there's one thing, like, I wish I could tell myself to do it sooner. You know, I wish yeah. I could have got into it a lot sooner because – Heck, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been hunting for 10 plus years and like hardcore, um, <laughs> you know, like the, the take vacation time to hunt hardcore yep. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and you know, it's just it's strictly been waterfowl and you know, you never, you never know how much you never know. You, you, I didn't know I would love it as much as I did until I did it. And once I did it, not know, looking even, back. Yeah, the good thing is, is when I go out there and upland hunt and I get, I don't even call it skunked <laughs> because I tell my wife, if I didn't see a bird and I didn't shoot my gun, I didn't get skunked. Now, I could go duck hunting and see a duck flying a mile high and, you know, you, you never get that duck or you miss or don't get them into the spread. Then to me, that was an unsuccessful day. And in waterfowl, I don't feel like that. If, if, if I get a chance to get out there with my dog and run my dog, then that's a successful day. There you go. It's a good time. There you go. Well, Cody, I, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, taking the time to come on share your story and uh you know thanks for checking us out and glad you ran into jacob in the field but you yeah. know it, it's one of those things i tell everybody i wish that we could uh we could cover more flushing dog content because there's definitely a lot of information out there that that hasn't been covered uh it's just all about finding the right contacts right so if mm-hmm. anybody's yeah. listening that has a good contact for uh flushing dog material then uh be sure to link up with us and, and shoot us your contact but again cody thanks for coming on we're gonna wrap this yeah, up thanks for having me yep and uh you know we'll we'll talk soon and you have a good night buddy yep you too yep See you. thank you for listening to gdiy if you enjoy this podcast please remember to take a moment to rate review and share with a friend also be sure to follow us and our partners on facebook and instagram under gundog it yourself If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundoggy yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high grade lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. 
Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.